Bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everyone. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled The King's Meat. This would be part number seven, and we're going to talk about the godly marriage. You know, the world has something that's called a good marriage, but there is another dimension to the child of God, and it's called the godly marriage. We're going to talk about that today. So sit back, relax. Here comes the rich word of God. Well, as you know, uh, for the last few weeks, um, this would be actually a part number seven in the series of the King's Meet. <laughs> but for the last few weeks, uh, we've been looking at uh, speaking about the King's Meet and about the differences between religion and Christ, right? We've seen a great number of a great number of things as we've been in this series, and we're going to continue in this same flow today. So I pray that you are ready uh, to dive into the rich word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 5. We're going to start there today, and we're going to start a different part of the same series, if we would say another chapter uh, in the series, and uh, it deals with uh, the next dimension of marriage. Now, marriage is definitely a part and a needful part in this series. Because as we're approaching the day of wonders, we said that in the Lord, I know is saying that everything in our lives will change. Our, will change physically. We will change. Uh, there'll be financial changes. There'll be marital changes. The day of wonders is that day of revival when the Lord sparks in his church, when he begins to move in his church, and everything around us begins to change, okay? Uh, we said that you'll see signs and wonders and miracles, not only just in the church, but also there in Walmart. You'll see God moving in parking lots. You'll see God moving in the classrooms, so I pray our school children, I pray that you're hearing me, those of you that are in high school, elementary school, middle school, college, God can use you right there in the classroom. And as we said, he'll use you if you want him to. He can use you right there uh, in Walmart. As a matter of fact, I have a testimony about that. My wife and I, see, this gives credence to what I'm, I'm telling you about uh, as, or this authenticates what I've been telling you about um, the Day of Wonders. Uh, and how the miracles will not be just restricted in the church walls. If you ask God to use you, he'll do it. My wife and I were in Walmart last night, I believe. Was it last night? Friday night, Friday night. That's right, because we were here last night, but <laughs> praise the Lord. Some people say, I want to be a pastor. You don't have to work an hour a week on Sunday, and that's it. <laughs> oh, Lord, if it was that. But my wife and I were in Walmart on Friday, Friday evening, and uh, we were going through. And of course, you know, since we're off of that first part of the fast, we were found ourselves in the cookie aisle there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so as we're in the cookie aisle there, there, there was a lady there riding in a scooter, you know, older lady riding in the scooter and her daughter with her, you know, uh, older daughter, maybe she's in her maybe 20s, 30s or so. And, uh, of course, they struck up a conversation with my wife, I believe, and I, of course, was there. And the lady began to talk about the pain that she had had 
you know, they're just talking. I see, okay, this is something that the Holy Spirit is doing here. I don't know you. You don't know me. Praise the Lord. But this is an avenue. This is a doorway that the Lord is opening. And so they began to talk to her and she began to tell her, you know, I'm overhearing. She's not talking to me. I'm looking at um, something else or something. But she began to say how for the last uh, maybe week or so, she's been having so much pain in her jaw and her tooth and uh, that it really began to make her ear ache and she hadn't been able to eat for a few days. And uh, she set an appointment up with the dentist but couldn't get in until um, Monday coming up or tomorrow now. And uh, so she had that appointment and her mother was telling us, you know, by then I'm, I'm interested in this conversation. And then her mother was telling us, she said, I kept telling the baby, we got to pray. We got to pray. If I could do something for you, I would. I don't know what to do for you. And so, you know, I could see the I could see the tension there, the stress there. And so, of course, by this time, my ears are perking up and I say, you know what? I would love to pray with you. I would love to pray with you. She said, you would, you would, would you, you, you a pastor or something? I said, well, yes. Now, I was not dressed in a collar and a robe and there was no visible halo over my head. You understand? All right. Um, so I said, well, yes, but what does that have to do with anything? But yes, I'm a believer. Amen. Signs and wonders will follow them that what? Believe. Okay. So don't get, don't get the pastor trip. All right. Don't go on that. This happened because he's a pastor. No, this happened because he's made himself available. Are you hearing? So as I begin to, uh, I said, she said, yes. So here we are right here in the cookie aisle of, of Walmart. People are going by, but I could care less. Praise the Lord. So I take my hand and, and uh, I was just about to uh, touch her slightly and she's grabbed my hand. Yes. Yes. Right here. Right here. Right here. I said, okay. All right. Well, praise the Lord. She really wants this prayer. Praise God. And so I prayed, closed my eyes right there, and I prayed, didn't care who heard, who saw. In the name of Jesus, I speak to this pain. I declare right now healing and deliverance. I mean, a nice prayer right there in Walmart. I let my hand go, and she said, I don't feel no pain. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I don't feel no pain. And she kept going on and on and on and on and on. And her mama's like, whoo, she mama's like, pray for me too, pray for me too. <laughs> and so we spent another few minutes there and I, I pray for her right there in that, uh, in, in the little scooter there. Praise the Lord. And uh, the Lord healed that woman right there in Walmart. Isn't that something? Now this, and that was an example of an instantaneous healing. Now we know we've started a series on Wednesday night um, uh, about healing. So there are instantaneous healings and there are also healings over time. We understand that, right? So, but that was an example of an instantaneous healing. God, boom, and Jesus got the glory. Are you hearing? So uh, I can give you other examples. One particular time I was also in the Steak and Shake there in um, uh, Riverdale, Georgia. Riverdale, Georgia, the Steak and Shake, you know, it's a burger place. Good shakes and good burgers, too. And so I just come from a, a church service, and I was there with a couple of friends. They invited me to go out there, and they were paying. Praise God. Yeah, I'll go with you. And um, 
as we're in there about to get our food, the lady that came over to the register, of course, she, you know, she's doing her job very well. She's smiling and she's happy and welcome to Steak and Shake. This is da da da. But as she's saying that, I saw something else in her eyes. I saw, um, I saw worry in her eyes. And, and, uh, she took our order and I just sort of stood back a moment or two and my friends were talking and so forth and so on. But, I sense the Lord wanted to do something in her life. Now, I don't know her from Adam or Tom or Jill or whoever. She doesn't know me. But I sense the Lord wanted to do something there, right there in the steak and shake. So I told my friends, excuse me for a moment. And I called the lady back. She was back, you know, at the counter, you know, trying to get the, the food off of the line and giving the order and all that. And I said, ma'am, can I talk to you for a moment? She said, uh, sure. You're like, what do you want? Sure. I said, well, I don't know if you believe this or not, but, but the Lord is dealing with me about you. And as I began to talk to her, I saw, I see, I told her, I see something about your son. And I see him there, um, um, sort of, I stepped out on a limb. I said, I see him incarcerated and some things not going well. And she said, yes. I said, whoo, thank God. We're in the house. We're in the house. <laughs> We're in the house. We're in the house. And as she began to weep and cry, I began to prophesy and tell her what the Lord was going to do with, with her son in the, uh, in that institution he was in. I couldn't see why that he was there, but began to tell her some other things about her home. And there she is. We're right there in steak and shake. My friends are there looking in amazement. And she's crying back there trying to, you know, she's trying to do her job, but God is doing the work. Boom, boom, boom. And she's getting delivered right there in steak and shake. Isn't that something? There was no Hammond B3 organ. There was, there was no choir. There was no cross on the wall. But what there was, was a person that was willing to let God use them. I'm asking you today, will you also be that person? Now, please don't get on the pastor kick. Please don't get on the title kick. And all that, well, if I knew the word, please don't get on that. God needs your availability more than he needs your ability. He'll give you the ability if you just ask him. Are you hearing? Just be available and he'll give you the ability. Are you hearing? Could be just a word. Could be just a word. Hallelujah. Could be just a smile. I don't know how God's going to use you, but he will if you make yourselves available. Now I'll give you more, um, more later on. Um, but if we could go on, but I'm not, we have to get into the word of God today. But I pray that you will allow God to use you in these days of wonder and don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Don't look at yourself. Look at God. You don't have the power. I don't have the power, but the Lord does. And he knows how to use. He knows how to use you and he knows who will respond to you. He will open the doors for you to communicate. Okay, don't cast your pearls, the Bible says, before swine. He will open the doors in order for you to communicate. He'll open the door, and they'll be open, and they'll be receptive. Hallelujah. Amen? All right. All right, but as you see on the screen, we're going to be talking about marriage. There is another dimension to marriage. There is a sure dimension to marriage. Now, here again, we are still in the series, uh, series entitled The King's Meet, and today in particular we're going to talk about marriage and the role of a husband and wife, the role of the husband and wife. 
Now, we know that Valentine's Day is coming up soon, praise the Lord. So I believe it's fitting that we go this way. And we're going to take a pause on the other side, talking about the fourth dimension of the gospel, and deal right in this area here, okay? Hallelujah. Got one okay. This is needed in this series because the world, the world has so contaminated marriage, so, uh, so infected it or skewed it or perverted it or, or twisted the institution of marriage so much that many believers don't know how to be married. Boy, it's, it's, it's quiet. Pray for me. Many believers don't know how to be married. They have seen examples of what a good marriage is. We've seen them through uh, television or, or through the media, what a good marriage is. But they've never seen a God marriage. I'm here to talk to you today about a God marriage, not a good marriage. If you would ask people, well, what, what does it mean to have a good marriage? Or do you have a good marriage? They would say, well, uh, we don't fight as much as what we did anymore. We get along. So I think we have a good marriage. They say, well, how do you know if you have a good marriage? Well, some would say, well, uh, our kids are doing well or, or we've been together for a long time. So that must mean that we're having a good marriage. Or they say, well, we got some money, you know, or, or I think we're still in love. So we must have a good marriage or, I can tolerate her and I can tolerate him. So I guess we got a good marriage. Or some say, well, we finish, we can finish each other's sentences. That must be a good marriage. But I'm not here today to talk to you about a good marriage. I'm talk, to want to talk to you today or show you what a God marriage looks like. There's an order to this thing. What does a God marriage look like? There is another dimension to marriage that you won't learn about. Uh, in school, maybe some Christian schools possibly, but there's another dimension to marriage that you won't learn about on television. Maybe there would be some something on Christian television, maybe, but you won't learn it, possibly won't learn it from friends, but there is a higher dimension of marriage that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is present right now to show you. You say, well, I'm not married. Well, if you if you want to be married, if you listen in this series, you'll know what a husband looks like or what a wife looks like. I say that to our young ladies and to our young men. You need to know what a husband looks like. Hallelujah. Not just because he's a he doesn't because he's a man does not make him a husband. Are you are you hearing what I'm saying to you? There are specific things to look at when you, when you are planning to marry someone. We tell others this in marriage counseling and, and other things, but there is a higher dimension of marriage. We've got to get into it today. And I pray those of you that are married will take heed to this and receive that higher dimension. There's more to it than just staying together. Are you hearing? So let's go to the book of Ephesians. We say to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And we're going to start there. I'm telling you, uh, my brothers and sisters, we have been infected with the king's meat. And it's time to examine what God says about marriage and uh, allow the word of God, allow his word to be absolute. His word to be absolute, meaning that we abide by what he says and not what Dr. Huxtable says 
or Roseanne Barr says or Days of Our Lives says and all the other, all these other examples of, of marriages. Are you hearing? Let's allow the word of God to be absolute. Okay. Can we agree on that? If we can agree on that, then I can show you a higher dimension to marriage. The God marriage. Isn't that something? Say with me, Lord, I'm seeking your revelation, your wisdom, your knowledge. Great Holy Spirit, teach me today. Allow my heart to be lined up with your word. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so Ephesians 5th chapter, I'm going to read verses 21 uh, through 33 out of the uh, King James Version, and then we're going to go further. Now, we'll be in this uh, series for a while, or at least as long as you are hungry for it, okay? What we do here in the pulpit is based on two factors. One, one of course, based on where the Lord is taking us. Secondly, is also based upon your hunger level. If you're not hungry for it, he'll stop producing it. All right. You ladies that cook or you men that cook for your families, you understand what I'm talking about. If the children are not hungry, why are you still in the kitchen cooking? Right. You cook accordance in accordance to the hunger level. Right. You don't make a big meal when you know there's not going to be eaten. It's going to be put in the refrigerator and probably just thrown away. That's that's wasted food. Right. Wasted resources. So as long as you are hungry for the word, God is faithful to supply it. Ephesians 5th chapter, verse, uh, we're actually going to start. Let's start um, at verse number 18 instead. Verse 18. And it says this, and it says this on the King James Version, Ephesians 5, verse 18. And be not drunk with wine whereas in, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, verse 21, submitting yourselves, one, one to another in the fear of God. Now that's talking about that brotherly love, that brotherly relationship that we have in the church as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Now, he's talking to those that are saved, those that are born again, those that are believers. All right, let's get that established. He's talking to those that are saved, those that are born again, those that are believers. Okay, the word of God is written not to the unsaved, but the word of God is written to the saved. Do you understand that? Because the unsaved will look at it and say, I can't understand it. Jesus said in uh, John, the third chapter, unless you are born again, you can't even understand. You can't even see the kingdom of God. You can't, can't understand this. It, it becomes nothing more than, than lit literature uh, to some. But those that are born again, God has, has written this to you, the believer. He's written it to you for your learning and for your instruction to take you to a higher level in life, a, life, a higher level in life that is above that of the common man, above that that is a that um, is above society or above the world system. You understand? Does that make sense to you? Verse twenty-two. I'm going to try to read this all the way through. It says, "Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto the Lord." For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, 
even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated hated uh, his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife. And they, what? That's right. And they too shall be one flesh. Verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Isn't that something? Somebody say praise the Lord. All right, let's go back up and uh, we're going to just take it line upon line. Let's go back up to verse number 21 as we begin to discover what a God marriage looks like. Not just a good marriage. We want a God marriage. There is an anointing that takes place in a God marriage. There are blessings that take place in a God marriage. A God marriage will weather the storms of life. A God marriage has the power of God infused in it. And you'll find the Holy Spirit dwelling in that God marriage. The Bible says, and we'll look at this later on in 1 Peter, the third chapter, how husbands are to dwell with their wives according to knowledge. According to knowledge. Well, who gives them this knowledge? This is special knowledge. This is the job or of uh, the job or of uh, the procedure, we can say, of the Holy Spirit, the method of the Holy Spirit. He gives the husband. Now, here again, I'm speaking about a believing husband, a believing husband. The Holy Spirit gives that believing husband special knowledge concerning his wife, that he may dwell with her according to knowledge. How she is and, and how, how she reacts. What makes her sad? What makes her mad? Hallelujah. He gives her, he gives him special knowledge and how to, um, and how to relate to her. We're going to see this. The Bible says that, uh, even the wife is a, is the weaker vessel. And it says, give her honor as to the weaker vessel. Now, we've looked at the word weaker. We, oh, we'll just go here. Weaker vessel, weaker, not as in, um, well, the husband is physically stronger than the wife. No, not in all cases. All right, there are some pickle jars my wife can open up. And say, honey, would you? Sometimes my daughter grabs it and put open, open up for me. Could you get this, please? Hallelujah. So it's not physical strength, right? And it's definitely not endurance to pain. My God, don't put me in a torture room. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not gonna, you're not gonna try to 
uh, push anything the size of a cantaloupe out of me. I'm telling you, no, I'm sorry. No, no. I'll tell you what, you, what do you want to know? You want to passwords? What, what you, what you want to know? Don't have a high threshold for pain. Are you hearing me? Sorry. I catch a cold and I'm down. No, 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 no. So we know not weaker in the matter of uh, physical strength and definitely not in intelligence. There are some wives that are, that have a higher degree of or higher intellect than their husbands. My wife is well educated. Hallelujah. A lot of times I ask her, honey, how you spell that word? You hear what I'm saying to you? So we're not talking about weaker as in uh, intellectually or or physically, uh, not even spiritually, because here again, there are some wives that know that really know the word above their husbands. Are you hearing? So we're not talking about all these things. Weaker as in really talks about positionally uh, in the home, in the marriage. Okay, someone, someone God has given the husband the authority to rule or, or to rule in the home. Now it says that she is the weaker vessel. Now, a vessel always contains something, right? A vessel always contains something. God tells the husband, honor your wives. Give honor to her as to the weaker vessel. Vessel. She is the weaker vessel. The husband is the would be the stronger vessel. Now, both vessels carry something. And they carry something. And the vessel is always used to pour out, to contain something or pour something out. Meaning that there is something in the wife that the husband needs and there's something in the husband that the wife needs and they're pouring out one to another. Now, again, just because she is the weaker does not mean that she is less important. Uh, Paul talks about this also as it relates to the, as it relates to the body. There are some parts of our body that he says are the weaker parts, right? I can take my hand and do a karate chop on a piece of wood. It would hurt, but it would recover, right? It's a stronger part of my body. But at the same token, if I took my heart out and smashed it on wood, it would not recover. Isn't that right? It would not recover. It is a weaker part, but that does not mean that it's less important. By the same token, I could take my elbow and ha and really get it and elbow be all right. But I couldn't take my eye out and do that. It is weaker, but it is needed. Oh my God, is it needed? Okay, so the wife is a container and God tells the husband, hey, you need to relate to your wife according to knowledge. Because she has something in her that you need. And the husband has something in him that the wife needs. Okay? And we have to dwell with each other in that manner. All right. We'll get more of that later. Let's go to Ephesians 5 again. And it says, wives, verse 22, rather verse 21 says, submit yourselves one to another. Now here again, this is in brother and sister in the Lord. This is talking about a couple that they're both born again. They're both saved there. They're both believers. And first of all, God tells them, as believers, submit to one another. Look at this. There are three persons here. He says in verse 21, Ephesians 5, 21, submitting yourselves one to another. One to another. There are three people there. There's the husband, wife, and there's God. Okay? That's the threefold cord. 
right? God is the referee. Hallelujah. And you need a referee. Praise God. You need the Lord to tell somebody, all right, be quiet. Mm. Mm. Stop neutral corners. Mm. Are you hearing? Threefold cord is not easily broken. And so they both are submitting to the Lord first. They both are submitting to the Lord first. Are you hearing? All right. Then also to each other. And then it goes down to in more particular in the home. Verse 22 says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. Are you hearing? Now, there's some things, there's some things we're going to really um, figure out and look at. Now, let's look at the word submit here. The word submit uh, in the Greek uh, is a military term, is a military term. Uh, and it means to arrange uh, troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader, to arrange yourself under the command of a leader. It also means in non-military uh, use, it is a voluntary attitude of giving in. All right. Of giving in, of cooperating. We can say also to, to of yielding, assuming responsibility and carrying a burden. You are doing this voluntarily. In other words, uh, when you got married, you uh, are voluntarily getting under your husband's authority. Are you hearing? Now, when the Bible says submit, submit, here again, the word submit means to get under. Say submit means to get under. Okay. Now, it's impossible for you to get under unless there's something that is over. Okay, you have to, I'm sorry, if we're standing side by side, standing on the same ground, the same level, unless you're standing on my back, it's kind of be kind of hard for me to get under you. Okay, so there must be, so submit talks about another order, talks about an order that God has set up, uh, that God has set up for the church, for the believers. Again, it is impossible to truly submit, to come under, unless there is something or someone that we can, um, that is over or over us the believers uh, we can say that god the god ordained husband or the believing husband uh, has been given godly authority hear me the believing husband has been given god ordained authority and an anointing let me say this again the believing husband has been given authority has been given authority that is delegated authority. God gave him authority and an anointing for his household. Now that's good. Now whenever God sets someone up in position, as he gives them authority, he also gives them weapons and tools to defend, to defend the home. Now the problem comes in when the husband uses those weapons against his family. The canon that God gave you, the canon that God gave you, uh, husbands, is not meant to use, not meant to be used against your wife or against your children. Hallelujah. It's meant to be uh, used against a predator, someone that's coming to uh, destroy your home or to hurt your family. Then we break out the guns. Then we break out these words. Hallelujah. 
Because this canon, this authority, this power that is in you is meant to do damage. And believe me, if someone comes to my home in the middle of the night and you have no business there, you're going to hear my cannon fire. Who are you? Halt, who goes there? Chest sticks out, praise the Lord. Superman cape gone. It's time, it's time to rumble. Get ready to rumble. Hallelujah, are you with me? But some of, some husbands have been using this power that's, that's ready to rumble against the enemy. We rumble against the wife. We rumble against the children with that same power and authority. And this is what causes a regret. Oh, I hate that I said that to you. I hate that I said that to you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Are you hearing? It's, my children will tell you many times I say, please don't make daddy angry. Please don't. Please don't make daddy angry, okay? And that's pretty much all I'd say. Please, please don't make daddy angry, okay? Please don't make daddy angry. And we, we all calm down. Praise the Lord. We all calm down. Hallelujah. I don't want to say anything, and I don't want them to say anything. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know this weapon is to be used against an enemy and not meant to be used against my family. But if you allow the enemy, the enemy can stir you up. He can stir you up, husbands. He can stir you up, wives. He can stir you up, children. He can stir you up. And then the weapons that are meant to be used against him, we use against each other. And we hurt each other, right? These weapons are used to hurt, to inflict pain or damage. So that an enemy, like that opposing lion or that opposing snake or viper, whatever it is, so that we can oppose, uh, enforce damage on them so they will turn tail and go the other way. But at the same time, that same pain and damage we can inflict on our spouses and our children. And it should never be that way. I'm talking about a God marriage. Are you hearing? A God marriage. Name calling should never be in the home. Let me say that again. Name calling should never be in the home. We should never degrade one another with, with these names. You are this, you're that. What? No, no, no. You want to call names? Call the devil that. Devil, you ain't nothing but a nothing, nothing, no good, nothing. Are you hearing? But we should never call each other names. Never call each other names. The home is the place where we should build each other up and encourage one another. Hallelujah. That should never be done that a father uh, degrades his children. It should never be done that a husband degrades his wife or that a wife degrades her husband. You nothing. You That should never be done. Let me tell you something, wives. If you, if you cut your, if you degrade your husband, you're cutting your own head. Let's get back into the word. So the word of God says again. The believing husband has God-given authority, God-given authority that is anointing to rule in his, we can say, in his kingdom, in his home. Genesis 3, verse 16 says, he shall rule over her. 
He shall rule over thee. God set the order. And we can look again in Ephesians 5, verse 23. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife. You hear what I'm saying to you? And uh, we can also go, let's go, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Hold your finger here in uh, Ephesians. We're going to come right back to it. But let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Or you can just um, listen to me read it. 1 Corinthians 11 and uh, in verse number 3. I think I will get it too. 1 Corinthians 11. When you get it, say, I got it. Well, y'all hold on for me then. All right, 1 Corinthians 11. Let's look at verse number 3. Now, we're talking about really we're trying to establish. I want you to see through the word of God the priorities of this God marriage, the order that God has set up in the home of the God marriage. And listen, let me tell you this before we get here. When the God marriage is functioning properly, you'll see the glory shine on the wife. You'll see glory shine on her. Hallelujah. You'll see glory on the husband and you will see glory on the children. Hallelujah. The glory of God is there. Praise the Lord. You'll see them get better and better and better and better, maturing like a fine wine. When the glory is present, marriage under the glory, not marriage in the world sense. I'm talking about a God marriage. Are you hearing? So we're establishing this authority. Now look at verse number three. Uh, first Corinthians 11 verse three says, but I, I would have you know that the head of every man. Now this word man here, uh, this word man is really in the Greek. Uh, it is husband, also interpreted husband. The head of every man or husband is Christ. That's the proper order. The head, and here we're going to talking about the godly uh, or the believing man or the believing husband. Look it up. Look it up yourself. It says the head of every man or husband is Christ. And the head of every woman, the word woman here is also interpreted wife. And the head of every wife is the man or is the husband and the head of Christ is God. You hearing? So what order do we have here in the home in that God ordained marriage, that God ordained home? You have God, the head of Christ and you have Christ. That is the head of the husband and you have the husband. That is the head of the wife and the husband and wife cover the children. There is a flow of power that flows as a flow of power that flows from God, the creator and source of all things from the father. Life is coming down through Christ. Life is coming down. Power, authority, might, dominion is coming down into the husband. The husband contains that. Hallelujah. And he releases that out into the family. Isn't that something? In a God-ordained family, there are miracles that are meant to happen. Miracles. You say, well, Pastor, I didn't know. Well, that's why we're here today, for you to know, so that you can be in prayer and asking God, laboring, laboring for it, for that God marriage. Not a good marriage, but a God marriage. Pastor, I'm just eight years old. Uh, Why well, I need to know about this now? Well, pray for your mama and your daddy. Praise the Lord. God, give them, Lord, give him a God marriage. Give him a God marriage. Give him a God marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? 
Not just a good marriage. You want to find children. Children are most secure in the home when mommy and daddy are together. They are most secure in the home. But when mom and dad are fighting, I know. Y'all can't talk to me. Are you hearing me? I grew up in the home. I love my mommy and my daddy. But sometimes they, they didn't agree. And they had sometimes loud disagreements. Oh, y'all looking at me like, okay, well, I guess I'm the only one. Praise the Lord. I don't know. I'm not? Okay. Okay. Well, during those times in my life, I didn't feel comfortable. I did not feel secure. I felt terrified. Hallelujah. But when mom and daddy were happy when they were, when they were, um, laughing with one another, hey, it's going to be okay. Hey, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So when the power flows, when God flows down from, when God flows through Christ and, and Christ through the husband and the husband through his wife and the husband and wife to the children, there is God in the home. The power and presence of the Lord is in the home. That's a God marriage. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against that. Are you hearing? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, here again, that does not mean that there will not be disagreements, but at least God is, is a referee. And he's the one that can bring them back together again. He can bring them back together again, stronger than ever before. Hallelujah. So we see that here, uh, that the head of the husband is Christ and Christ rather. And the husband is the head of the wife. Now let's go over. We're about to close out for today. Ephesians five won't get it all today. But we're setting some things up. Are you still with me today? <clears throat> All right, let's go for just another few minutes. Can you, can you tear with me, tarry with me for another few minutes? All right, so we see here that order of life. Now, the husband, again, has the authority, has the anointing for, in, for several things, several things that the husband has been anointed to do. He is anointed to watch. Talking about the God marriage. He's anointed to watch. He's anointed to watch. Here again, husbands, you're believers, you are anointed to watch. Hallelujah. Now, let me say this to our, our, our single, single ladies, our, our daughters. When you uh, are finding or thinking about a young man uh, to marry, he must be a believer. Don't try to get a fixer-upper. I can help him out. I can, I can fix him out. I can fix him. I can help him. I, I can help him. He's rough around the edges, but I can help him. I know I can help him. Understand? Because, listen, you want a God marriage. And you are about to, when you say, I do, and put the ring on your finger, you are saying publicly and spiritually, I'm willing to get under your authority. I'm willing to get under your authority and follow you. And what in the world will you be following? Don't think it's going to become like uh, magic lucky charms and magically delicious overnight. Inspect the fruit first before you put it in your mouth. Praise the Lord. All right, so. 
uh, the husband has the authority of God. This born again believing man has the authority of God to watch, to be a watchman over his home, to, to defend his home, to provide for his home, uh, to be the priest of his home. Hear me, every believing husband has the authority and an anointing also to pray for his family. And wives and children, you should want daddy to pray over you. You should want daddy to anoint you with oil because daddy has an anointing. And where did he get it from? He got it from his head. That is Christ. And where did Christ get it from? He got it from his head. That is God. This anointing has come down and the husband, the stronger vessel is containing this anointing, this blessing that is for your life. Talking about a God marriage. You should want that to be so. So he is also the priest of the home and he's also an encourager in the home. And he can also bring a rebuke from the head office down. Are you hearing? All right. He wears on his shoulders three awesome, powerful tools and responsibilities. Hear this. Hear this, husbands. You wear on your shoulders three awesome, powerful tools and responsibilities. One, you hold the power of affirmation that your children need, that your family need, that your wife needs affirmation, that where you can affirm them and say to your sons, I know that you're a mighty man of God. God will use you greatly. To your daughters, I know that you're a mighty woman of God. God will use you greatly. It means something. It means something. When you put your hand on the back of your child, on the back of your wife, and say, baby, you are beautiful. You are my good thing. I just love you. Oh, you look so good today. I can't get no talk. That means something for the husband to affirm his wife, to affirm his children. He carries that affirmation. Are you hearing? Uh, he also, secondly, he holds a covering that is a, a, a safety or security. That's inside of the husband and the God-ordained believer. When mama is at home with the children, mama holds a certain anointing. But if something's going down and people are afraid, we, we say, well, when is daddy coming home? When, when is daddy coming home? When is that? Yo, Lord Jesus, I'm going to have to go. When is daddy coming home? Why? Because daddy holds that covering. He holds the covering. He holds the security. Daddy has it. And that is a mark again of the God-centered marriage or the God marriage. He has a certain security about him. He brings that anointing in. And when he is home, hallelujah, he may not be, but maybe not maybe belly, maybe, but uh, when he is home, there comes a certain security in the home. When he's home, doesn't have to be that he's, he could be two uh, or five feet tall. He could be four feet tall. He could be whatever. He could be thin as a rail. He turns sideways and you can't see him anymore. But there's a certain strength when dad is home. I wish I had somebody to talk to me. And thirdly, he has the awesome power or tools to bless. He is anointed to bless. Men, you are anointed to bless. You can speak a blessing over your children, a blessing over your wives. Don't please don't wait till you get the church to be blessed. 
Hallelujah. You have the authority, husbands. I'm telling you, you believing husbands, you have the authority from Christ Jesus. You have been empowered by Christ himself as your head to bless your families. And your blessing has more of an effect than your curse. You can, you can curse your family and see damage. But you can also bless your family. And the, and, and the blessing that you can usher out is much more powerful than your curse. Think about how powerful your curse is as you speak to your wife harshly or speak to your children harshly. Think about what damage it does. And for days or weeks or months on end, you're still apologizing for the effects of it. Hallelujah. By the same token, your blessing as you bless your family, it has, it has such a power and authority in it that it can change their lives forever. Praise the Lord. I think we're going to stop right there today. Did you get the word of God today? Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10 Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.